Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 ed tech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, we highlight some of the content posted to eSchool that was created by fellow educators and administrators. No better way than getting insights right from the primary source, am I right? Let's get started. First, Stephanie Meyer, she's an audiologist from Rio Rancho Public Schools, writes that by leveraging instructional audio's evolving role and uses in the classroom, teachers will find more engaged students and more energy for themselves. She writes, most teachers, principals, and power professionals instinctively know that instructional audio helps amplify their voices, allowing their instruction and directions to reach every student, but instructional audio offers much more than that. She goes on to provide several other benefits you may not have thought of. Here are a couple. Number one, it's not just about amplification. She writes, instructional audio provides even distribution of sound, not just that amplification. This means that no matter where students are in the room, they can hear their teacher clearly. Often, teachers boast of their teacher voice, but speaking louder doesn't always mean clearer. For certain words, such as ones that include an F or TH sound, speaking louder can have the opposite effect, making these words harder for students to understand. Number two, all students benefit from audio enhancement. Instructional audio is proven to offer benefits not just to students who are hard of hearing. Decades of research, including the Federal Mainstream Amplification Research Room Study, also known as the MARS Project, there's your EdTech acronym for the week, prove that instructional audio helps those with learning differences, those who are in the back of the classroom and can hear well, and non-native English speakers also benefit from the use of enhanced audio. Number three, the classroom structure has changed. Learning spaces without instructional audio rarely provide the adequate environment for hearing despite students spending an average of three quarters of class time trying to listen. Often, when groups of students are working in different corners of a room, it can be hard for students to hear as it is for you in, a, say, a crowded restaurant. There is too much ambient noise present for any student, even those with no hearing challenges, to not strain to clearly understand their teacher or each other. Inevitably, this leads to a loss in concentration less effective instruction, and can even ignite behavior problems. Read the full story up online at eSchool News in the top stories uh, on the homepage. It's another example, I think, of some of the post-pandemic revelations and innovations that we're discovering when it comes to using accessibility tools that are already built in to most software, but that weren't really used effectively BP before the pandemic. Check it out. Next, for Daniela Paris, she's a third grade math, social studies, and science teacher at Aventura Waterways K-8 Center. Data has been an invaluable tool for differentiating learning and also for supporting a growth mindset. In her article, Four Tips for Using Data to Differentiate Instruction, she offers some practical advice on how to do just that. Here are some highlights. She writes, data should be collected consistently over time. It should not just be a one-and-done approach. You must be able to collect data pre- and post-lesson, as well as after any intervention. Next, data should be organized by standards. As a math teacher, she writes, I appreciate being able to get a detailed look at data 
that is specifically organized by standards. This helps me better understand what areas students are mastering and what areas they may need more help in. Next, resources and lessons should be aligned to the data. Once you have that data, you can differentiate instruction by seeing where there may be a gap and determining which prerequisite lessons may be necessary in order for that student to catch up. If the data shows a student is having difficulty with a specific standard, benchmark, or mathematical concept, then you can focus on getting extra resources to address that need. She has plenty of more tips in this really insightful piece. If this is something of interest to you, definitely get up online and uh, give it a full read. And finally, over the past several years, K-12 school districts experienced the limitations of legacy systems. With the recent government funding that's now available, there's a window of opportunity that has opened for schools to modernize and bring resilience to their spend management systems. Automating your school district spend management solution should really be a top priority. Market uncertainty has shown that faculty and staff spending data is often dispersed and hard to track, meaning you're missing complete spend visibility. This lack of reliable, consistent data is leaving school districts vulnerable to risks. I had a chance last week to discuss this and many other financial software system particulars with Derek Blair. He's the Director of Financial Management and Distribution at Rochester City School District in New York. And Jim McClurkin, he's the Senior Director of Public Sector at SAP Concur. Here's a snippet. Talk about users. I mean, not even necessarily the the, the end user, but Derek, you know, the folks within the finance department themselves. Do you find that, that there's an immediate embrace for these automations or is it something that, you know, you have to go through some professional development or people a little bit concerned about losing their jobs or changing their jobs? Talk a little bit about the, the culture there when, when you go through this sort of automation process. Yeah, you know, everybody knows change is difficult and there's always a few that, you know, are, are extremely resistant. And I can speak that, you know, I think it took me a good year to get everybody to really buy in. Proper training is is really the start. I had to train 4,000 people and being there and giving them resources. Concur has, you know, a lot of nice bells and whistles. You know, you can go to the help icon and, and watch a video if you have questions instead of having to call somebody. Also, it, it does seem that it is very intuitive. So even though someone may not like it at first, if they do it, just do it once, they'll know, oh my God, this is so much easier. It's just yeah. getting over that fear. Yeah. Does that uh, resonate with you, Jim, when you think about other districts that are going through the process? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, change management is a big part of any tech adoption situation right and and as derek said there's always you know a few late holdouts but when they begin to realize that their job is getting better and they're going to be doing better functions and what they're doing is going to be is is really going to be using the taxpayer dollars in a better way um you know everybody comes along eventually and uh it's it's really it really is important you know, to try and get buy-in early on uh, with leaders in, in various groups that you're going to support 
because that then starts to trickle down and it really helps with the overall adoption and, and, and dealing with that change management piece. One of the, uh, the things that kind of came up recently, because you should always try to innovate constantly. And, you know, I, I was asking a couple of our directors, how many things do you want to do that, that you don't have time to do? And everybody will say, oh, a bunch of stuff. You know, I mean, so stop doing the data entry. Use something to help you get away from, you know, meaningless little tasks and start focusing on the things that you feel, you know, can really help you within your departments. You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go into the webinar tab to hear the full conversation, which I highly encourage. Both gentlemen just really know their stuff when it comes to back office financial systems. So if that's up your alley, I really would say give it a listen. And that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.